Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your friendly neighborhood driver today um your host your friend your pal uh what's going on what's what's popping I'm so sorry I am stuttering through this entire entrance just because entrance entrance intro um okay because it's Sunday and full disclosure I am how you say hungover (laughs) um but I really I really thought it might be kind of a fun little adventure to do this on a Sunday. This was like an experiment for me because normally I record on Thursdays before the weekend, but then I was like, hey, what if I recorded on a Sunday after the weekend? So I'm not talking about weekends that happened like the previous weekend and I'm talking about the weekend that was just the weekend. And then like we're more on time or something. I don't know. It's not, and it's not a bad idea in theory. Like the idea of recording on Sunday, edit on Monday, episode goes up on Tuesday. Like cute little quick turnaround, gorgeous, great idea in theory and practice. <laughs> I am hungover. Um, I slept for fifteen hours last night. I don't know what happened. That's a lie. I do know what happened. I had wine, and some of you. Some of you from the Schnitt Talk days know wine and I, wine and myself, wine and me, we are not, we're not necessarily compatible. (laughs) Wine, well, generally makes me very slutty and, and then I cry. Well, that used to be what would happen. And that was a disaster and fun in its own little way, you know? Now, and this is how I know I'm like turning into a geriatric, wine just makes me so sleepy. One glass of wine, I'm I'm out, you know, like I'm down for the count. Two glasses, it depends on how, like what kind of wine or like how fast I'm drinking it. Two glasses of wine, I could be fucked up and like have a night. Or I'm also just going to fall asleep at the table. Last night, I or well yesterday, we went to this play that Billy Crystal's in. I'm sure you kind of don't know who Billy Crystal is. Like, I've heard the name, didn't really know who he was, realized halfway through the show that he voiced Mike Wazowski, <laughs> which very much ruined the play for me because I sat there the entire time and all I could hear was Mike Wazowski. And I was like, put that thing back where you came from. 
so it was very weird and it was also we were the youngest people in the audience by like 30 years and not even just the audience also in the cast like not only did we go to a Saturday matinee which is kind of an old people thing to do we also went to an old people show every joke was about being old it was unbelievable the audience was freaking out too because we're surrounded by olds and they are I mean I thought they were gonna have a heart attack they were laughing so hard at this this show um and me and Toria and Zach were sitting there like we're so too young to understand what's going on. There was a full in memoriam section in the middle of this in the middle of this show, and it was like these old um, you know, people who died in 1994 uh, before I was born, and obviously very sad. But they do the in memoriam section, and all the people around us were like, "Oh yeah, I remember that guy," you know, things like that. And I was like, "What is happening?" Also, apparently, Richard Nixon died in 1994. Who knew? Not me. Of course, I also thought Reagan was still alive in, like, 2018. So I'm not the best. <laughs> I'm not the best judge of that. Anyways, so we went to this show, and then we went to a delicious dinner. If you are ever in Chelsea, is this place called Chouquette. It's the sister restaurant of Shuka, uh, which is kind of a, it's like a very fancy upscale Mediterranean place. It's hard to get into and it's also very expensive. And then Shuket is like their little sister, Shuket, like little Shuka, you know? Um, and it's like tapas, like Mediterranean, small plates. Everything was, I mean, I think it's one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. Just unbelievable. But we got there at like 5.15, like right after the show. So not only did we go to the old people play at the old people time. We also had like the early bird special dinner. I had two glasses of wine with dinner and then we like walked home. We walked to the train and then home. And it was like eight o'clock and I was like, I can't continue. Like I have to go home. So I went home. I like took a shower. I played Animal Crossing for like five minutes and I fell the fuck asleep by 10 o'clock. I was done down for the count out and I slept until like 12 30 and I was kind of hungover pain I really have to stop drinking wine I think it's just um I just I, it does not agree with me and it turns me into like a geriatric although I guess that was kind of the theme of yesterday so I'll take it it's fine anyway it's kind of funny to be recording this on a Sunday and also being a little hungover because I fully have like that anxiety like you read about plus that Sunday anxiety I literally am like all my friends hate me <laughs> I suck I'm boring I'm bad at my job I'm gonna fail and be destitute and no one likes me and so there's all that and it's like girl where's the evidence though <laughs> like can we not can we not do this plus I'm very hormonal hormonal PMSing like about to get my period literally today so I'm just you know I'm in that place of like, if if my friends don't start texting me back in the next five minutes, like I will cry, probably. So <laughs> if I start crying, that's why. Love a little anxiety, but I do wish my brain could just not. Yeah, it'd be very cool if my brain could behave and just be cool. And just like chill out for a second. You know, like I'm working on having more positive self-talk, being nicer to myself. But sometimes it's really hard because I'm like, you are acting like a fucking lunatic and you need to calm down. But you're not supposed to say those things to yourself. <laughs> you're supposed to be like, listen, I, I, I completely understand why you feel this way. Um, and I just want you to know that it's okay that you feel that way. 
But why don't we um, shift our thoughts to something nicer or a, a, a nicer outcome? But that just sounds stupid to me. I'm not there yet. I'm not there in the place of like real positive, unconditionally positive self-talk because sometimes I genuinely do think I just need to like slap my face a little bit and be like, get your shit together. (laughs) Oh, so, okay. A couple things. A little bit of business. One, run, do not walk. Go see everything, everywhere, all at once right now. I saw it last weekend, last Friday. It's the best film I've ever seen in my entire life. And I generally like movies. Like, as a whole, I don't have much to complain about in terms of movies. I tend to just enjoy movies. I have rarely ever left the theater and been like, this is all I will be talking about maybe for the rest of my life. Like, this movie shot so high to the top of my list. Like, the, 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 like, number two movie that I like is, like, not even in eye shot of this movie. It is so fucking good. It is funny and absurd and like there's action, but it's not boring action. You know, like how some action movies, it's like, okay, we get it. They're fighting like, you know, it's not like that. Um, It's fun and fast paced and interesting. There's so much that happens in this like two and a half hour movie, you know, and there's a lot of heart to it. And oh, I sobbed. Like the whole, I've never had an experience where the theater, the entire theater was like laughing and crying in unison. It was insane. Like we're giggling, we're laughing. And then the next scene, we're all like trying not to like sob in front of each other. But unfortunately, like it did just happen. I went with Gina and Claudia and I look over and all three of us are just like just in floods. Oh, God. It's romantic and like, oh, God, it's a perfect movie go see it. It's going to win every award. And if it doesn't, something is very wrong. Um, Let me think what else. Okay. So taxes, taxes were due. I hope you paid your taxes or got an extension. I did my taxes by myself for the first time. So if I go to jail, (laughs) that's why this is my first year um, doing taxes as a freelancer. Also, my mom usually does it because it's, if it's just a, a, you just have a W-2 and then you like type in the numbers where it tells you to type in the numbers it's actually very straightforward um but this year because I was a freelancer I didn't have w-2s I had like 1099s that I never actually got so I had to basically I was just like kind of fucking around like I don't really know I did my best if it was wrong it was wrong but it was not on purpose like I (laughs) I tried really hard I did my best and I feel like I didn't pay enough but at the same time I paid a lot so I feel like the government should adapt a mentality of you get what you get and you don't get upset from people like me. Obviously, I think people who make a lot of money should be paying their fair share. But like, I'm not making a a shit ton of money. So you get what you get and you don't get upset. Okay, you got my entire savings. Like, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, they don't tell you that. But when you have like a a regular job with a W-2, like that kind of job where you're not a freelancer, taxes are already taken out from the government. So in that way sometimes you have to pay a little but usually you get money back from the government but when you freelance all your wages like there's no taxes taken out of it so you have to save reflexively like I was saving 30% of every check that I got because I mean I didn't have to pay 30% of my income in taxes but like just in case you never know so I was saving that much every time I got something because it's not automatically taken out of my paychecks 
And then you you have to pay like a big lump sum at the end of the year. And it is. Boy, I have never, <laughs> I have never paid that much money in my life. It was insane. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. They like do not tell you about that. Of course, they don't tell you much about taxes, do they? I took a class. Uh, you had to take a class called consumer ed in high school, senior year of high school, and they just taught you things about being a consumer. It was like capitalism 101, and they taught you about taxes, but it's like, first of all, why are you teaching me how to manually with my hands do taxes when nobody does taxes like that? Why don't you just pull up TurboTax and go, here's how you do it? Secondly, like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to remember that shit. It was 16 years, that was almost 10 years ago, you know, like, I don't remember jack shit nor should I. And I just think it's silly. But I also could complain about the tax system a million times over. Like, literally, I know you know how much I owe. Like, I I know you know. Why don't you just tell me? You tell me how much you think I owe. And then I'll be like, here's what I think I owe. And then we'll just like go from there. I don't understand why I have to fill out all these forms. Like, you literally know. It's like when, um, you're applying for jobs and you have to upload your resume, but then they also make you manually enter your resume. It's like you literally have this information. Like, why am I doing this for you? I know you know. Anyways, tax season. Mm, I went to the Museum of Modern Art for the first time, which I know is, I can't believe I have not done that, but I'm trying to go to more places, do more stuff. I went to the MoMA. I don't think I really am a modern art person I was very much like what am I looking at some of this cool very sick very cool very modern looks cool some of it I was like what the fuck is this why is this chair made out of penises that's not a joke that really happened there was a chair made out of uncircumcised penises not real ones like ceramic ones but still I was like I guess And then, like, sometimes you would see something and be like, this is cool. I like the way that this looks. I just, like, enjoy this piece of art. And then you read the description and you're like, how is this about 9-11? Like, I feel like you're reaching. I don't want to be rude, but I I just, I'm not seeing it, you know? I just, I don't think I'm a modern art girly. I'm more of an aesthetic person. I like the way things look. And I understand that that, in, in many ways, is how art should be enjoyed, right? Like, with the senses, you know? how it makes you feel when you look at it and you know the vibe of it but at the same time like many things in the art world are not like that so I don't know if I I don't know if I'm a big modern art fan but it was cool to see like Starry Night which was smaller than expected and um the Monet water lilies which were bigger than expected and yeah I liked it I like feeling cultured even if I didn't really understand what I was looking at um, anything else? Oh, okay. Fucking, I don't know which one of you snitched. <laughs> Just kidding. It's like really fine and actually kind of awesome. Because Hassan Piker said my name on his broadcast because somebody DM'd and was like, hey, like, or not DM'd, like in his chat was like, hey, like Ellie Schnitt said nice things about you on her podcast. Which I, I did say nice things. I also called said he had hubris and was arrogant because he thought he could take on a blue whale. Also, I need to make a correction. Apparently, whales can't eat people. So he was right about that. Like, they physically can't digest them. But I don't care. Somebody else sent a DM that was like, yeah, if a whale, like, makes a sound in front of you and you're, like, under the water or whatever, like, it'll just kill you or something. That, that might not be true, but fuck it. I'm going to choose to believe it. He was like... 
Ellie Schnitt? And then he said, who's that? (laughs) Which, you know, listen, you get what you get and you don't get upset. (laughs) Because beggars really can't be choosers. This is funny. I was very excited about this because I was like, oh, my God, like my favorite content creator, like said my name. Like, that's exciting. Um, And I I thought it was funny because I was talking about it with um, somebody. And I was like, it's funny because when we talk about parasocial relationships, it's often in the sense of like um, stan culture or like people who don't um, have a career in content creation and the way that they act towards people who do. But (laughs) I And you would think that as a content creator, I would not be the kind of person who is like, oh, yeah, like he like literally said my name and like he's my best friend now. Like and yet here I am, boo boo the fucking fool, like super fucking excited about this, even though I don't know this man. I've never met him. I probably never will. Like we don't know each other. I don't know anything about him other than the things that like he publicly shows to the audience. And I'm like freaking out. So it just goes to show. Even if you know better, even if you're like, yeah, I know that I don't actually know this person. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Love him still. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> of course, maybe that's obvious because I do have another podcast that just talks about Taylor Swift. But here we are. Um, okay, well, what are we going to talk about today? A couple things. I want to talk about the treat yourself mentality. I want to talk about what my therapist said to me this week. Um, and I also got a DM in the Discord from Ada that I want to talk about. But before we get into that, there was a DM that was asking me about just like grown up drink orders, like things you can order that make you look like an adult, which I thought was just a, such a funny question because like who's I mean, I completely understand the anxiety behind being like, I need to order something that like makes me seem grown up, especially if it's I think the context that they gave me was like, it's my first job and I go to work happy hours and I feel like I'm a child for being like, can we get a round of green tea shots? Although, first of all, green tea shots are delicious and I am back in on green tea shots. Like I've been ordering them lately and I'm an adult, so who cares? But I think the thing that makes you seem like a grown up, so to speak, at the bar is just ordering anything with authority. Knowing what you like, knowing what you want, and just saying it. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Because bartenders, like, there's a lot of, um, I feel like sometimes there's, like, BuzzFeed articles or, like, tweet threads or TikToks or whatever that are, like, I'm a bartender, and if you order this, this is what I think about you. And it's, like, (laughs) that is just adding anxiety to a situation that doesn't need anxiety added to it. I can tell you, as a former bartender, I don't give two fucks what you order as long as you tip me. So yeah, just know what you like and order it with authority. So if you know you like vodka and you want a vodka soda with lime, say, could I get a vodka soda with lime? If they ask you what kind of vodka you want, know which one you like. I like Kettle One. A lot of people like Tito's. Um, Grey Goose is fine. It's overpriced for what it is. And then similarly with any other alcohol, just like, again, no... If it's gin, know that you like Tangeray or you like Hendrix or you like Bombay Sapphire, whatever it is. Or if you're fine with a well drink, get a well drink, you know. If you're okay with just having like whatever they have on the rail, that's fine too. And you also will still sound authoritative if you're like, well is fine. But yeah, there's no like grown up drink. People drink what they like, you know. And so it doesn't matter what you order as long as you order it with authority. You can order a damn Cosmopolitan. You know, as long as you order it with authority. 
I love a Cosmo, actually. If you don't know, a Cosmopolitan is literally just like cranberry juice, lime juice, I think a little bit of simple syrup, and vodka. <laughs> well, obviously. Vodka mixed up. It's delicious. It's delicious. It's kind of sugary, but it is delicious. But yeah, whatever you order, just order it with like, I know exactly what I want, and this is my drink, and it's what I drink, and if you don't like it, then you're being a hater, which is actually just good advice for any situation that you're in. Um, but yeah, I completely understand feeling like you need to um, like up your drink order, but like you really don't. Because if you order like a Manhattan and you don't like whiskey, you're going to be like, what the fuck am I drinking? Like if you order or like I really thought that I was supposed to be drinking martinis as an adult. I'll drink a martini now uh, because I like gin. But I don't, like, ugh. the first time I ordered one, I didn't know what I liked, what I wanted, like, what any of it meant. I was like, wet, dry, it's a liquid, isn't it all wet? Um, and I, like, didn't know what I was ordering, but I just ordered it, and I hated it, and I was miserable. And, like, just just order what makes you happy and, and do what makes you enjoy yourself. And don't worry so much about seeming like a grown-up, because you know what? You might not feel like it, but you are a grown-up, so everything you do is grown-up. All right. Should we get into the real episode? Oh my god, 21 minutes before our first accent. I think we did pretty well. Um, all right, let's get into it. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew, or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for... Gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel 
like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. I just had to resist the urge to text my friend. Are you mad at me? Because she hasn't texted me back since last night. (laughs) She's not mad at me. She probably just has not been on her phone today because her boyfriend is back in town after being out for a week. Like, listen, I know that logically, but in my heart, I'm like, oh, everyone hates me. And actually, this is her way of saying I don't want to be your friend. Also, as though I don't go like a full day without texting people back sometimes when I'm just not in the mood. I don't know, man. Sometimes, sometimes my silly little brain just needs electric shock therapy. Okay, let's talk about treating ourselves. Treat yourself mentality. What does it mean? How can we utilize it to the best of our advantage without like breaking our bank accounts? Um, And why is it important? So this is something that I really, really believe in. Something that I think helps me just like live a happier life. And it's the treat yourself mentality. And I know when you think treat yourself, you probably think um, like the Parks and Rec, Donna and Aziz Ansari's character. What was his name? Tom. Donna and Tom going shopping and like spending a bajillion dollars on like stuff that they don't really need. And like, yeah, that's not we're not going to do that unless unless you want to do that, unless you want to like that's how you want to treat yourself. That's totally fine. The way that I do the treat yourself mentality is like, I do not deny myself little things that make my life a little better. I think when you're trying to save money because we're responsible adults, sometimes you look at something small and you're like, I really just shouldn't buy that. It's silly. But then like you will splurge on bigger things. And I completely understand that. And I'm not one to tell you how to spend your money. But I got to tell you. I have been a happier person since I let myself once in a while, if I just need a treat, to spend $5 on an overpriced Starbucks coffee (laughs) or, you know, spend $8 on a bouquet of flowers that's going to brighten up my room to spend $6 on a lipstick that I thought was pretty at CVS, you know, like buying silly little pretty things that just make you a little bit happier, even if it's dumb, 
I I just I 10 out of 10 recommend it because I'm a treat focused person and the problem with like uh, the way that I was kind of going about it before I started doing this was like I would never spend money on little things and then I would like really feel like I needed a treat and I was like like I had nothing to look forward to nothing that like just made my day brighter and then I would drop like $200 on something that like Yes, I needed, but like it doesn't feel like a treat when you're spending like your kind of hard earned cash on it. Something that is $5 and is silly and is pretty and just like kind of brightens your day up and makes you a little happier, that's a treat. That is a way that I motivate myself because of in- instead of like kind of going a couple weeks like living in austerity, I guess, not like austerity, but like not having like a package on the way or not having like something. Um, silly and fun that I can just play, play with or look at or just have that makes me happy like I would deny myself those things because I thought I didn't need them but quite frankly I am treats motivated I am like a little puppy dog if I want to get anything done I do sort of have to like motivate myself with treat sometimes treat is a nap and sometimes treat is going to the farmer's market and buying an overpriced candy apple because I deserve it like If you live a life that is treat-free, if you are denying yourself little teeny little pleasures, things that just make you happy, I feel like you're prone to overspend on things because you feel like you haven't had a treat in a while and you deserve one. And it it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I think that the the great thing about my treat myself mentality is like, I'm not going to deny myself the mint flavored chapsticks at the peppermint flavored chapstick at CVS. Even though I don't technically need it because I have so much chapstick, I fucking love the peppermint flavor. And when they have it in the winter, I'm going to treat myself and buy that $2 fucking stupid little thing of chapsticks. My friend was like, you know, I work all day and then I come home and I like, I want to unwind, but I feel like I don't have anything to like make me feel like the day is done. And I don't, you know, I just like don't really know what to do. And I'm like, it is so inexpensive to buy like sheet masks at the drugstore to buy like a silly little candle on sale at Target to okay I just bought a light bulb <laughs> very silly but I bought this light bulb that connects to bluetooth and it's like led I don't know and it changes colors it was like $14 it makes me happy every single time I use it I pull up my app I turn the you know the light on to like blue or whatever and I'm like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me it's so it can be so inexpensive to like buy little things that make your life brighter and instead of denying yourself that just fucking treat yourself fucking treat yourself because I I genuinely do think that the more that you are in the habit of like being kind to yourself and surrounding yourself with pretty silly fun things that make you just make you happy um the less you feel like you're the less you feel like you're depriving yourself of anything or you feel like or you know you're missing something and then you try to fill that hole you're feeling with like a bigger purchase and that's not I just don't think that that's as good for your bank account buying myself an expensive coffee once a week it's a lot better than me dropping $200 once a week being like I'm going to freak out if I don't have something pretty <laughs> I just think it's important to treat yourself too because frankly there's a lot of um dullness in adult life. There's a lot of like oh like 
the grind. I mean, we just talked about taxes earlier on the episode. There's just a lot of things about being a grown-up that feel colorless and feel dull and feel like you're slogging through. And it's like you are going to have to slog through some shit. That it just is what it is, unfortunately, as a grown-up. But why don't you slog through some shit with a cinnamon dolce latte from Starbucks? Why don't you slog through some shit with a little color-changing chapstick from CVS? <laughs> Why don't you do your little spreadsheets while looking at a little avocado figurine that was in the dollar stop at Target? Look, we don't all have super disposable income, especially as a young 20-something. Chances are you do not have, like, crazy disposable income. Um, And it makes you feel like you shouldn't buy yourself little things that make you happy because, oh, what if I need to do this or I have to save it for that? And it's like, it's absolutely great to be saving. You should be saving. You should be saving some of your paycheck every single time that you get paid, even if it's $200, even if it's $50. Save something every time you get paid, absolutely. But don't deprive yourself of little things that make you happy because it's just going to make you more unhappy in the long run. Honestly, most of the things in my life that make me really, really happy that I'm so fucking glad that I own were things that I bought as a treat that were just little inexpensive things that make my life more beautiful. I like I just got a vase that I found at a thrift store and it was like a little hand painted vase to put flowers in. And normally I would have been like, okay, I don't really need to spend $14 on this, you know. But then I thought about it and I was like, but this would make me so happy to have having like something beautiful in my home and putting flowers in it and just like, this would make me so happy. So fuck it. I'm going to do it. Instead of like depriving myself of something that makes me feel joy, I'm just going to do it. Because there are plenty of things that do not bring us joy, that make our lives harder, make them worse. Why deny yourself the simple things? Why deny yourself the little pleasures? Why deny yourself the $6? Oh my God, I just got um, ELF. Okay, ELF, Eyes, Lips, Face, ELF. It's a cosmetics brand, very affordable. Like that's their whole thing is that they're really affordable. I just got their brow freeze or like their brow wax stuff which apparently is a dupe for the Anastasia stuff that I have been using. And that shit is expensive. Like that stuff is like $30. The elf one is $6. I picked it up on a whim at the drugstore. I've been using it. Life changing. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll pick that up too. Because I want to and it looks fun and I want to try it. Like life changing. Incredible. I'm so happy. So instead of thinking about treats and treating yourself as like a really big expense and something that like you need to like worry about, save up for, treat yourself in little ways every day and then it won't feel like you need to go crazy and treat yourself to something really, really big. Now, if you want to treat yourself to something really big once in a while, there's actually nothing wrong with that. Like I do that myself. I treat myself once a quarter and I, you know, I do like a little shopping spree. I have a budget for it, but I do do a little shopping spree so I can update my spring outfits or my summer outfits and my fall outfits, my winter outfits. But For the most part, I try to only spend money on things that will either last me a long time, so I will spend money on, or things that are treats and are silly and make me happy. And I'm not at all a financial expert, (laughs) but I'm doing pretty well financially based on that recommendation that I've given myself. So we should have... um, We should have Mrs. Dow Jones on to talk about finance because there's obviously a lot more to say, 
But I just am a 10 10 out of 10 believer in treating yourself to little things because guess what? Despite what people might say, no one became a billionaire because they didn't buy themselves Starbucks (laughs) or avocados or, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Giving yourself more joy, giving yourself more reasons to smile, that will always be money worth spending. And like, obviously, we all have different things that are going to make us happy. We all have different priorities. We all have things we want to save for and like splurge on. But I know that there's things that could make you happy that you're constantly denying yourself that are cheap. And just fuck it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why deny yourself the simple pleasures? So that's your challenge for this week. This week, try and treat yourself one time. Just one time, buy yourself whatever like silly little thing is going to make your day a little bit better. And just see how it feels to just allow yourself to enjoy something. I think I sometimes don't I feel like I need, I don't know, like I need like a reason to enjoy myself, but you don't. You should be trying to enjoy yourself all the fucking time because you deserve it. God damn it. Uh, So yes, that's our challenge this week. Treat yourself to something little and silly, one little silly thing. And tag me. Show me a picture of what you got. Tag it on your Instagram story. Go on your flirty little walk and find yourself something to treat yourself with. And yeah, that is that segment. Let's go into what my therapist said to me this week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is what my therapist said to me this week. Ow. <coughs> God, I'm falling apart. Okay, this is what my therapist said to me this week. Let's talk about the power of and. I sound like a um like I'm doing a TED talk. I find myself often having a really hard time with my own thoughts because I can be so polarized in my own head. Like there's this thing and it's true or there's this thing and it's true. Like for example, for example, like if I'm talking to my therapist about my my body image, right? I'll be like, I know that I'm attractive, um, but I don't feel that way. You know, I feel gross so like one of those things is true I'm either gross or I'm attractive and she's like okay first of all you're not gross (laughs) but is it possible that both of these feelings can exist at the same time is it possible that you can know you're attractive and not always feel that way and for some reason this makes my brain explode like I cannot get my head around like the and of it all you can feel a certain way and another way and both of those can exist in the same space for me my thoughts are always so black and white so polarized and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that when we look at situations a lot of us are primed to see things that way polarized team sports Um, we're the good guys you're the bad guys so there's a dichotomy with everything that we do whether it's politics or sports or friendships, even the internet, right? Right? Like when somebody fucks up, like a content creator fucks up, 
instantly it's like they are a bad person because they made a mistake. And instead of being like they're either a good person or they're the unproblematic fave, is it possible that someone can be a good person and do something kind of bad? I've also kind of been dealing with this when it comes to relationships. Um, uh, Like a while back when I was first talking about my breakup with my therapist, I was like, I am really, really fucking angry. Like, it's not fair that I had this shitty relationship. But sometimes I have a hard time reconciling that the relationship was shitty because then I remember things that were good and I don't understand, like, what really happened. And she's like, you can have somebody who is unkind to you and shitty to you and also they were, you know, great at some moments. You know what I mean? Like, there is a a room for that and, like, for more than one thing to be true. So what I really, really work on is just trying to incorporate that and into my life a little bit more. Like I had a situation, a situation with a friend um, a little while ago where they're just like a very flaky person. Like they're very much like not somebody you can rely on. And I love them very much, but it sometimes feels like they don't care about me in the same way because they don't show it in the same way and I was like complaining about this and like getting really upset and I was like it's like I don't understand because like when when I do when we do hang out it's like we have so much fun but then it's like so hard to talk to them and it makes me feel like they don't want to be my friend and like that's like obviously the only other explanation and my therapist is like is it possible that somebody can be a good friend Is it possible that you can care about someone very much and acknowledge that there are weaknesses in their friendship? Like, it doesn't mean that they hate you. It doesn't mean you don't have to catastrophize and say this is the end of the world. Is it possible that you can say, I love this person and I understand their shortcomings? Like, just changing some of those thoughts to an and statement, it is so centering and so comforting and it, and it really fits with any emotion that I'm feeling that I'm struggling with. Especially, I think a lot of times we struggle with negative emotions. A lot of us don't want to feel negative emotions because we are very much trained that a negative emotion like could even exist, right? Like that anger is bad, you know, that jealousy is bad, that anything that feels like a negative thing is a bad thing to have. And it's like many of us have seen jealousy be bad, have seen anger be bad. So it's reconciling in your head that like anger is just an emotion and sometimes it can go too far. Like and sometimes it's bad, but it's not inherently bad just because it exists. It, it, it can be many things at once. And actually, I find anger to be such a useful emotion for me now that I no longer am fighting against my own brain being like, if I have anger, that means I'm bad because anger is, you know, in- anger equal bad. Understanding that like, yes, sometimes anger can be bad and sometimes anger can be really useful and really helpful and really wonderful. So that's just something that I've been working on a lot in therapy is not having these polarized thoughts of like something is true or something else is true and trying to understand that there are so many things in life that are nuanced where multiple things can be true. It's like when Taylor Swift in Happiness says, there was happiness after you, but there was happiness because of you too. Both of these things can be true. And and I remember hearing that for the first time and being like, what the fuck is she talking about? (laughs) Um, No, not really. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so smart. Um, 
but yeah, that's kind of the mentality of like multiple things can be true at once. Like you don't have to decide how you feel because you think you need to feel one way or another. You can feel multiple things at the same time and letting yourself know it's okay that two things can be true at once, that even opposite sounding things can be true at once. I think it takes a lot of pressure off you because I, I, I think it takes a lot of pressure off me uh, where sometimes I feel like I'm auditing my own thoughts or something where I feel like I need to edit myself in a certain way where I'm like, okay, well, this is all that I'm feeling. Let me condense it down in a way that makes sense to me uh, instead of really taking what I'm feeling and allowing it to be complex and allowing it to be a compound thing. I'm trying to distill it down. But when you do that, you're just going to deny a lot of the way that you're feeling. And it's just it's not going to be helpful for anybody involved. Like it really probably it just makes you have all these kind of suppressed emotions and feelings that you feel like you can't express because how can I express this thing if I'm also expressing this thing? They don't seem to go together. They seem to be polar opposites. And if you just let yourself say, there can be both. And the power of and, it's really important. And again, it's not something that I've mastered quite yet, but it is something that I'm working on a lot and I wanted to share with you because when I do get it, once in a while, when when I get it right and I'm able to do it, I'm like, holy shit, I feel so much better. I don't feel like I'm fighting against my own brain. I feel like I'm just like, allowing my feelings to exist in my head without there being this battle for who's right. Like, we're all right. Everybody eats, right? So that is what my therapist said to me this week. Let's move into this DM that my girl Ada sent in Discord. All right, so in the Discord, my girl Ada, she said, okay, I know you talked about meeting your boyfriend's guy friends last week, but can you talk about what to do if the women in the friend group don't like you? For context, I've been with my partner for a few years now, and every time we hang with his friends, the girls act like they've never met me before, call me by the wrong name, sometimes his ex's name, and it's like at the point where I've just stopped going to events where they're going to be there because it just sucks. Also, the guys are totally friendly and cool with me. It's literally just the girls that have beef. First of all, this makes me so sad. I... I hate when girls are not nice to other girls. That's the nightmare, right, guys? Like, you have to be nice. Let's be nice to each other. But anyway, so it makes me very sad that this, like, group of uh, women is being so unkind to you. You don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. I guess my best advice in this situation, like, I completely understand that urge to just completely remove yourself and, like, really get the fuck out of there. And I would, too. I, I mean, I think at a certain point after a year or so of this, why wouldn't you remove yourself from the situation? Like, why would you put yourself in a position where you're going to feel uncomfortable or unwanted? Like, that is certainly a way to go. Like, I really do think that what you're doing there, as much as it sucks, it makes sense. You're, you're like, protecting your peace. You're keeping your, like, mental health safe. I don't think it's a bad way to go. If, however, you really want to find a way to make this work which it sounds like you do I mean that also makes sense you know it's your boyfriend's friends you want to be able to spend time around them without feeling like everybody hates you like and I always feel like it's so important to have like allies who are women in in those situations and it hurts so much worse when girlfriends don't like you so this is what I guess I would do in that situation Now, I don't know. Maybe there's like context I don't know about. Maybe, you know, the boyfriend 
dated one of the girls before or like there's some kind of history that like we just don't know about. But if it's just like they're just being dicks <laughs> for seemingly no reason, I would do kind of the approach that you would do at like, I've, I mean, I think I've talked about this not on this podcast, on the other one, like how to make friends when you're in a situation where you are the like you're kind of the outsider um, and how you make girlfriends. Women, I don't want to make generalizations because obviously we're not a monolith. We're all different. But women tend to behave in a pack structure. Like that's just the way that we are. We look to each other for approval. We feel more comfortable in groups. It makes sense. It's totally normal. I'm not like putting judgment on it at all. I'm just saying, and also if you're not like that, you know, I'm not saying every single woman is like this, but generally speaking, like we just feel more comfortable in a group and there becomes this kind of pack mentality of like, this is what we want to do. This is what we think. This is how we feel. And it's really difficult when you're facing like an entire group of people because it's a lot easier, even if you're the person in the group that kind of feels like, well, maybe we shouldn't be so mean to this person. It's kind of easier to hide that feeling when it feels like the rest of the group is in on it. And so you feel like it must be the right thing if everybody else is doing it. That doesn't just apply to women. Also, like that applies to everyone. Pack mentality is a really strong thing. So in a situation like this, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of crazy, but you kind of need to be like a lioness here. If they're like a pack of antelopes, for example, you kind of need to like be a lioness. And how do you hunt, right? You get one alone. Because <laughs> if you go against the whole pack, they could fight you. They could take you down. If you get one on its own, you get that antelope on its own, you can sink your teeth in. And in this case, that's a metaphor for friendship. So I guess my advice really would be like, get one alone. <laughs> like, Get one alone. Be like the, the, the great equalizer around people, among people who get their periods and have uteruses and vaginas generally is just to say, do you have a tampon? Hey, I'm having an emergency. Do you have a tampon? I don't know why, but it always works. Like, it is the easiest way to make friends <laughs> with a woman you don't know is just remind them of this, like, thing, this experience that you have in common. And they, like, just, I don't know. Like, if somebody comes up to me and is like, do you have a tampon? Uh, immediately, I'm like, I don't, well, I don't have one, but let me, like, search this entire party for you because I know the feeling of not having one when you need one. Nightmare scenario, and I'm not going to let you go through that alone. Like, I'm here, I'm with you. And then I, I automatically feel bonded to that person. And so that's a technique that I genuinely have used even when I'm not on my period to like make a friend with a woman uh, in a situation where I'm intimidated or I don't really know anybody and I, I want to make friends with the girls there, but you know, they're all standing in a pack and then I feel uncomfortable. So you get one alone. You can try the tampon thing. Since you already kind of know them, I mean, you can be like, I give, give them a compliment, you know, kind of. Oh my, I love your top, by the way. I didn't mean to tell you, or your your new hair color. I'm like obsessed. You look so good, um, and like you're a normal person. You're cool. You know how to make conversation, and it's so much fucking easier when you're one on one with somebody. And once you like have that one on one thing, it's very possible that the minds of the pack can change. I'm sure you can think of one person within that group who's like kind of the most sympathetic. Maybe has been nice to you on occasion, or you know whatever it is get them alone, <laughs> be a lioness, force them to see you as a person and as your, as a friend and as a nice girl, which you are, and they're going to feel bad <laughs> for excluding you or making you feel bad. 
And that could influence the group's decision. And even if it doesn't, you at least have one ally, one friend. And you can repeat this as many times as possible. I'm telling you, getting them alone, it's a great way to break down that like mean girl barrier. Now, if it's just implacable, unchangeable, if they're just going to be shitty forever, I think your strategy of removing yourself from the situation is not a bad one at all. Because, like, again, why would you want to be in a situation where people are being unkind to you? But I understand also wanting it to work because those are people that I'm sure your boyfriend spends a lot of time with. And you, like, you want to spend time with him and you want, like, his friends to like you. It's a totally normal thing. So, yes. Pack mentality is a, is a strong thing, but how do you how do you break down a pack? You get one alone. <laughs> I sound crazy, but you know what I mean? Have I been watching too many nature documentaries? You know what I mean. I'm right. Try that. Try that with at least one person. See how it goes. Let me know. I genuinely think it works because that's my strategy for making friends in more of like a neutral situation or a situation where I feel uncomfortable at least. You make one ally, one friend, get one alone, and it usually goes from there. Especially once you feel more comfortable with one person, you might feel more comfortable with other people. I mean, I have truly made, like, good friends in this way. Like, (laughs) people that became, like, my best friend for the evening, you know, which is one of my favorite things about going to parties in general is, like, making a random friend for the night and, like, just sticking with that, especially if you're somewhere you don't know. And it's not just girls. Like, this can work on absolutely anyone if you are somewhere where people are either like kind of being weird and like clicky or like you just don't know anyone period just try and get one person alone (laughs) because it's a lot easier to be like cool and interesting in yourself one-on-one with someone than try to like insert yourself into an entire group that might have a pre-established dynamic or pre-established inside jokes or like you know whatever it is that would make you feel like an outsider and then once you have an in with one person it's easier to go along and have an in with other people um And yeah, let me know how that goes. Fucking, I'm so sorry that they're being unkind to you. You do not deserve that, obviously. And besties, cuties, I think that that is our episode. So remember, what's our goal for this week? Treat yourself one little thing this week. One teeny tiny, eensy-weensy little thing that just makes you happy. You see it uh, in CVS or whatever, and you're like, oh my god, that is so fucking cute. I want it so bad. Normally, you would not spend whatever, like $2 or whatever it is on it. But you know what? You deserve it. Treat yourself to some nice, sweet little thing. Um, We're going to remember that multiple things can be true at once. There is no such thing as like this black and white polarized way of thinking in the world the real world is dynamic and has the real world the adult grown-up real life world there are no like heroes and villains like everybody has a little bit of gray in them and that and knowing how to reconcile and in your head is really really important again I'm still working on it but we'll get there and then you know uh, if you're ever in a situation where you feel uncomfortable and you don't really know anyone or people are being rude to you be a lioness Get one of those antelopes alone and sink the claws of friendship into them. Let's see. What is our song of the week this week? Okay, we're going old school this week. So this is a song that I play. I guess it's not that old school. This is a song that I play sometimes on my flirty little walks where I feel like I want to treat myself and just have like a lovely little day. And this is Perfect Day by Hoku. You might recognize it from the beginning of Legally Blonde. So if that's the vibe you want to imagine for yourself, you're just like a pretty little perfect person having a pretty little day, a perfect day as it were. Um, And yes, that is our song of the week. Let's see anything else we need to talk about. Um, 
No, I don't really think so. I love you very much. I really do. I love you so much. I hope you had a good week. If you didn't, I'm glad you were here to hang out a little and chat. Next week, we're going to talk about boundaries. I got a DM about it, and I've actually gotten a couple of DMs about enforcing boundaries, and that is coming, but I'm, I've am i been reading some stuff about it because it's very important. Like, boundaries are really, really important, and I want to make sure that I, like, have facts <laughs> to back up or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I've been reading a lot, and next week we'll probably talk about boundaries, if not the week after. And if you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast, Taylor Talk. Um, It's on Spotify Live every week at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Monday nights. Uh, Right now we're working through folklore and we're just about to finish and we're going to move on to Evermore next. You can follow me on social at holy underscore schnitt on Twitter at Ellie underscore schnitt on Instagram. And then there's a link to my Discord server on my Instagram. It's a great place to just like submit questions for the show and also get to know people who also um are like good and nice and cool and normal and obviously as everyone who listens to this podcast is um and yeah i love you guys i hope you have a fantastic week um i hope it's a really good one i hope the weather is lovely i hope you go on plenty of flirty little walks hope you have fun and yeah i love you so 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 much as always have a good day have a good night wherever you are whatever you do and i hope it's a good one and i'll catch you on the next one (laughs) bye Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D.